0: welcome to the one thing podcast where we all get to practice dancing with the one thing that individuals communities and countries have yet to try that one thing is the connection to the higher self part of our true self anatomy that people call by various different names our prime directive above all else is to make and constantly return to taught connection, the one thing connection, day in and day out as our first step in dealing with life problems rather than viewing life problems as things we can solve separately from taught, from the one thing. And in today's episode, we're covering how to navigate today's upheavals, uncertainty and constantly shifting messages with grace. You know the state of the world right now is that systems are crumbling and what we've known to be solid isn't solid anymore and navigating shifts this big is frightening to the human mind so in this episode we're going to be offering you a simple solution for handling all of this
1: perfect yeah i love it and I think it's going to be a short episode because as we see it, there's only one way to navigate this and it actually creates firm footing in the midst of shifting grounds underneath us. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but um, it it really is the best way. And there was something I was going to say that you said, um, yeah, I think it was this idea that we... We have tried for eons to solve our problems in whatever, you know, whatever time in history they present themselves. We always think the the time we're living are are the worst and the most dramatic problems, Um, but we've tried to solve them at the level of our own mind, mostly disconnected from this one thing, from this this channel that is the source of all life for each and every one of us as inhabitants on Mother Earth, for the planet herself, and for everything that unfolds. So we just want to bring that back to sort of like the centerpiece of the table here, <laughs> because it, uh, it, it behooves us to consider operating from this perspective of connection and see, and, and see the magic that could unfold as a result.
0: And this is the simplicity. What Lori's talking about is the simplicity of the solution, not the outer solution. There may be plenty of things that each of us is called to do on the outer level, but the internal work has a simple solution, despite all of the appearances of external complexity Mm -hmm. and alleged stress. So you know, our hearts knowing is that the only way to navigate all of these external upheavals and challenges and fear-based messaging that we're bombarded with, et cetera, et cetera, is in full connection with our higher presence, just like Lori's talking about. Uh, Because that higher wisdom that all of us are a part of, no matter how each one of us individually names that higher presence connection each of us has our own terms for that which is totally wonderful but what uh, the the only way to navigate these things is in full connection with whatever you refer to as your higher presence um, because it's that higher wisdom that has a far bigger perspective about what's happening to us as individuals as society and as humanity than our ego selves could ever have any clue about.
1: Mm, yeah, well said. It's like the difference between looking through a little pinhole and having sort of a, a higher bird's eye view, if you will, like the bird's eye view can see all the components that are moving around and the things that might be happening next. It's That's the unified field. That's the quantum field. And that, as a reminder, that entire field is is the vibration of love. And so when we connect into that through our own channel, we have answers to solutions, uh, uh, yeah, uh, solutions to our problems and answers to our questions and ways to heal that we might not have thought about before. And, you know, when, when our life reflects back, so every single life reflects back, um, what? what it needs to see in order to make different decisions. So, you know, it could be, uh, it could be the good stuff. And then we could say, okay, so there's something I'm doing in a good way here. Maybe I'm more connected in this part of my life than I am in this part of my life. And as life reflects back things that aren't working as well, or are less serving, then that's where we get to do our work, connect, inquire, you know, make a request from our heart space, what needs to be different here? What, what am I not seeing? What does my higher self see that I, my lower self can't see? That's always a really nice question. And then as a collective, like we're part of a collective that we're calling humanity. And the, this collective also projects uh, consciousness onto the world screen so to speak and so everything that's happening is a projection of our collective and the reason why we're talking about that and we won't spend much time on it but the reason why it it's important to talk about that is because as each of us as as individuals take care of our own life stream and our own what what we're projecting and what we're getting reflected back to us and we start sort of cleaning it up so to speak in this high connection with our presence because that presence I mean presence is an interesting word it's like it's like a dynamic force of life <laughs> and that's what we are and when we invite that into us then we have a relationship with this part of ourselves and the um, the uh, chances of us like operating from that connection are greater than than if we're disconnected I don't know if that made sense when we don't invite that presence in, then we're, then there's a disconnection. When we invite it in, there's a connection. And what happens, the thoughts we think, the, the beliefs we choose to hold on to, the words we speak and the actions we make are all informed by that connection as well as the disconnection. So if we want the world to shift, we have to start with ourselves. That's the whole point of what I just babbled about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, and and that was wonderful, actually. Uh, and so before we get to our takeaways for this episode, we are going to share with you some daily practice examples from our own lives not with the idea that you're supposed to do what we do because every one of us has a responsibility to discover what fits for each of us uniquely individually in our daily practices but just to give you a starting place or stimulate your creative thinking for your own daily practices
1: yeah you want to go first sweetie Mm
0: -hmm. or you want me to go first go go ahead go you go first
1: and so you know on my good days I would say to you that I am centered more than I'm not centered <laughs> that being the case I definitely have my wobbly times my wobbly days that kind of thing so you know what we share with you as far as our own experiences is 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 meant to help you uh, um, invite you into the the um, the practice, rather than feeling like, oh, how could I ever get to a place where I'm mostly centered with everything going on in the world, right? <laughs> so that's a good place to start. One of the, the, probably, I don't know, maybe a half a dozen years ago, maybe seven, maybe more, doesn't matter. I started practicing Looking at the news, I actually don't watch the news because I feel like I can't use my reasoning centers when there's a bombardment of visuals coming. But when I read news, I have I can take some time and and reason through what I'm what I'm reading about. And every single time I I feel like I'm disconnected or my heart clenches or you know I I, I get worried and in a fear kind of a fear spin, I step away and I. I come back to center. So for me, that's any number of things. It could be a breath. It, I always start out the morning with, a, with deep meditation because I have just discovered that if I don't do that, I feel a little bit, I feel less stable throughout the day but when i do that deep meditation in the morning then i have this this centeredness that that tends to last unless i just let myself go off the rails which does sometimes happen <laughs> i'll be honest but um when i'm able to have that deep meditation that deep centering and then i just kind of keep checking in with myself and bringing myself back to center throughout the day, uh, then, then I can stay more centered than not. And then, um, yeah. And then I only let myself go back and finish the article or look at the news again, if I'm coming from a centered place. Cause if I'm not, there's nothing about me informing myself that's valuable in that moment anyway, if it's going to take me down a rabbit hole. So that's just my personal thing. And Um, The other thing I do is I literally invite in waterfalls of light, which I consider to be a dynamic life force from our higher presence. And I let it just fill my entire system. And, and, and if I'm if I'm quiet enough, when I do that, I can feel like a serenity washing through me as, as I actually let that filling up happen. I feel my heart first, because there's a direct connection from our higher self our higher presence into our own heart center. And then I imagine that it's overflowing like a, you know, three tiered fountain and all of my cells are, you know, lapping it up, if you will. So that makes every point of my being a point of light. And so, you know, again, on my good days, I hang out there, but (laughs) that isn't, that happens. I I don't know. I I try to shoot for over 50% of my time awake being in that state. So um, I think that's the general gist of it. Um, I'm also uh, always checking my mind and what's in it and where it's going and whether or not it's supporting me or, or sort of like not supporting me, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, And if it's not, then I just redirect myself. I I think that our will, we have this free will experience on this planet called earth. And the best use of my will is to be a good director of what's in my mind. And um, because that, informs my emotional you know we have a thought and then right instantaneously we have an emotion and then there's a chemistry that gets released from that that experience of a, of a thought and an emotion from our brain and that chemistry is either healing or it's tearing me down and I can feel the difference and I really encourage you to you know to just check in with your own connection and and try to feel I know you already probably know this, but like, what is, what does it feel like when you're in a spinning worried state? And like, do you feel that as corrosive inside your body or maybe corrosive is a dramatic word, but that's how actually how I feel it. And so, or do you, or when you shift channels and you choose according to your free will and your capacity to be a good director by your empowered self connected to your higher self, then how does it feel there's there's just a different there's a softness and a serenity but not lacking not lacking power if necessary but lacking that corrosiveness lacking that that feeling of being torn down from the inside out um yeah i guess i guess i'll stop there
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay and and you're doing great job also of planting some seeds that we're gonna return to in a summary form when we cover our three takeaways. Oh, good, okay. Yeah, Uh, so like Lori, I have been practicing staying centered in the midst of storms, in the midst of the fire uh, for a long time. And so it's, it's not a new habit for me. And even though that's the case, I have my moments and I have my days where I'm wobbly as well. And so what's really important to me is the practices that I do over and over again, whenever I have the sense inside myself that I am not fully connected with the one thing, uh, with higher wisdom, with higher love. And... For me, that's pretty easy to spot because if I'm trying too hard, uh, if I notice I'm coming from an ego state, if I notice that uh, emotions are uh, stop informing me and start start running me, mm-hmm. uh, then I know that I'm disconnected temporarily. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to get to my favorite moment-to-moment practice during the day in a moment what i want to say first though is uh again in the spirit of stimulating your own creative thinking lori talked about her extensive rituals every morning to center herself to to start off the day and my rituals the bulk of them not all of them but the bulk of them actually start the night before i start my next day when i'm going to sleep the night before and my uh, my daily practice when i'm starting to drift just before i start drifting off into sleep is that i call the one thing i call higher wisdom higher love closer to me than i have ever felt comfortable allowing it to come to me before so each each night before i go to sleep i'm starting off by stretching into deeper and deeper and deeper each night connection connectedness and then of course and and i also Make certain um, proclamations around the quality of my sleep and waking up refreshed, and the re- the, the rejuvenation, the regeneration of this vehicle that I that I uh, travel around in in this uh, in this world called a body, and all of those kinds of things. The thing that I do in the morning is is a much more abridged version of what Laurie does, uh, but I it's also about setting. Setting my internal tone for the day in a way that invites me to stay centered and to recenter myself when I lose connection with the one thing. And when I lose connection, which could happen in any split second moment during mm-hmm. any day without warning,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I I say a four-letter word. I've mentioned this in prior episodes, but I'm going to share just a little bit more detail about what's beneath the four-letter word uh, reminder. So the four-letter word is help, H-E-L-P, help. And what that's a shorthand for me, what that reminds me about is all of the following things. Number one, I don't know the meaning of what's going on right now. I might think I do, but if I'm not feeling centered, grounded, and, uh, and embraced in a sense of lovingness and connected to wisdom that feels like it's beyond my own seemingly separated ego, I don't know how to see things right. So what is underneath the, in the subtext behind that, that four-letter word, help, is I don't know what things mean i don't know my own best interests i don't even know the right questions to ask right now all i know is i don't like no i don't all i know let me say that again all i know is that i don't like how i feel and then when i that's all what's embedded in this four-letter word help for me and so what help does for me is it instantly opens me back up into uh, into connection, and oftentimes for me, the starting place for reconnecting is asking to be shown what the right questions are to ask, spirit, and then the the recentering kind of gathers its own momentum from there. Um, but it's a uh, it's a it's an exercise that has developed uh, in a trial and error kind of way for me over a long period of time and it works every time i work it (laughs) and that's the the that's the uh the catch that's the catch every time i work it and so my goal for myself my commitment to myself is to work it as often as i need to in every single day as quickly as I can uh, without going into an inner critic attack because I lost connection and I only realized that an hour later or whatever it might happen to be. So without criticizing myself, what I'm working on is reducing my delayed reaction time between when I disconnect and i recognize i've disconnected and then start my reconnection process so that those are some examples of my daily practice nice shall we go on to takeaways because yeah um why don't actually why don't you do this first part because this is really where you're uh, so deeply evolved more than really honestly lori more than any other human being i know
1: well, um, you're talking about the morning connection. Yeah. 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 I I'm not even sure how to describe how this has all come about because it's come about over decades, to be fair. Um, and I have journals and, uh, you know, pages of things I've taken out of spiritual books I've read that have that have made me feel inspired in terms of how, how, how close, how much I can feel connected, right? I do want to say one thing is that in the event, anyone who's listening is thinking, I don't have time for all of this, (laughs) especially the all throughout the day thing, (laughs) not to mention the morning ritual thing. One of the things I've learned is that I don't have time to not do it because when I don't do it, uh, you know, when we don't, place our focus and our awareness in this direction that we're talking about this one thing connection then we're really there's a tangled web of worry and fear and misdirection and indecisiveness and you know lack of confidence and all kinds of things and maybe that's not your your case but I don't know a single human being disconnected from the source of life that doesn't struggle with one or more of those things. And it's costly in terms of time. So I just would like to make the case that it's actually, even though it seems like it takes time to do this, it actually doesn't take as much time as it does to live in a state of worry and fear.
0: I want to amplify on that if I can. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like the development of any new habit, think about a baby learning how to walk for the first time and every single micro movement is painstakingly focused on by this baby Mm -hmm. and after a while the baby's running around like like everything is automated right and this is the nature this is the anatomy of all new habits so just as i was saying earlier about my shorthand four-letter word help I I unpacked what the subtext is behind that four letter word. Over time, I had to construct that the long way, you know, through trial and error, like I said. But now when I utter that word to myself, the recentering process begins immediately. And just as Laurie was saying, and I really want to underline this because we can't emphasize it strongly enough. The amount of time and energy and inefficiency that's tied up with not taking this step is in both lori's experience and my experience and we don't think we're unusual in this way far less efficient in terms of the i don't have time for this thing than taking the time for this taking the time for this is far more efficient we like lori started with in this segment we don't have time not to do this,
1: right? Especially now, as things are really shifting underfoot, like we started out talking in the beginning of our time together. So, what uh, you know, whatever you need, and and it's okay to experiment to to create a morning ritual. And you can start out with five minutes or ten minutes. Maybe you already have that. That's the first part. The second part is uh, playing with it so that you actually can feel. In your mind, heart, and body, a shift of of I, I don't know have an, have another way of describing it other than a softness into this connection. If there's rigidity or tension or whatever that, then that then I'm blocking something out. And you know, some mornings are like that. Maybe I didn't sleep great the night before, and I just I do my best. But you know how when they say for writers, just put your butt in the seat and write. <laughs> No matter whether it's a good writing day or not, it's the same idea here. Just find your spot in your in your house, um, claim it as your sacred space, and show up as many days as you possibly can. And one of the things that I've noticed along the journey is that when I, because that's my devotion, then all these things sort of find their way to my, into my awareness that support that very... Um, ritual in the morning. And, you know, it gives me ways to not get bored with my morning ritual as they grow and expand and get layered and juicier and all that kind of thing. So um, I don't know if that's what you had in mind for me to right. share. So, uh,
0: yeah. For, so, takeaway number one is develop. Your version of a morning connection, no matter how brief or how long or whatever it is for you, but develop your version of a morning connection with the one thing and practice it without fail. Exactly. The second takeaway, I'm sorry, honey. No, go ahead. The second takeaway is about the simplest way that Lori and I know uh, the fastest body-based route to re-accessing our sacred connection through the body and the punchline for that. Why don't you deliver that one, honey? What is it?
1: Is breath. And I know that it sounds like a cliche. Yeah. Yeah. I know about breathing. I know I'm supposed to breathe. Yeah, sure. But people don't do it. It's like one of the most foundational practices that gets overlooked. And so even if you said to yourself, I'm going to spend the next five or seven, 10 days, whatever you pick, And I'm just going to focus on breathing a deep breath in and a, and a slow breath out, you know, again, you're going to think you don't have time for this, but I promise you, you will, you will notice things that actually make you more efficient when you stay present to your breath. It sounds like hokum a little bit, but it isn't.
0: Yeah. And what I'm going to amplify on that is that most of us do not recognize when we've stopped breathing,
1: no, we don't
0: and even recognize it, and
1: that's ninety percent of adults. And mm-hmm. it starts quite young. And if you watch a baby, you'll 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 see that they just naturally breathe deep. Their belly is constantly rising and falling, and that's the way you can tell if you're breathing deep. Most people breathe shallow into their, you know, hardly past their like chest bone. Um, when the breath really should be pulled into the belly and one of the simplest ways to practice this is lie on the floor put a book on your belly and try to ri- make it rise and fall rise and fall with your breath and that'll teach you what it feels like to pull a breath deep into yourself and it's one of the most nourishing things you can do and it's it is a literally a, a sacred connection to the universal life force, right? Like when you, when you go into that address, like who, how, what am I going to call my higher self? And when you go into your morning moments and you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make this connection and I'm going to try to feel it. What we're trying to feel is that the universe, the, uh, the um, individuality of that, this connection, as well as the universality of it. So we're, we're, we're one with ourselves, but we're also one with the, the breath that permeates all of life. (laughs) So we're exchanging our life force with the the breath of life. And, and when we're present to that, and, you know, Eckhart Tolle's power of now kind of, you know, if you haven't read his work, it's, it's, it's beautiful body of work. Um, He breaks it all down and it's uh, there's really something to it. The potency of your sense, your connection to power is in the moment And it's on the wings of your breath.
0: And what I notice is every time that I utter the prayer help, what immediately happens for me now involuntarily is a big inhale and exhale. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, don't don't underestimate that. Just like Lori said, don't don't trivialize the whole thing about breath just because it's been, been turned into a cliche. It's not a cliche, even though it's been turned into that. So,
1: and one, one last thing on that. I, I hear people say this all the time is that, or like, oh, I do yoga twice a week. And that's fabulous. But breathing only twice a week during yoga is not enough. And it's not actually what we're talking about. We're talking about retraining ourselves back to our natural state of deep breath, every breath we take. And it's okay if that seems like a staggering feat. <laughs> <laughs> just do your best and increase it day in and day out. And pretty soon you'll just become a deep breather by your natural state. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. Same goes with meditation. Doesn't matter if you meditate twice a day. It's lovely if you do, but that's not the point we're making right now. We're, we're saying bring the essence of that, bring the mechanics of that into the fabric of your moment to moment existence. And then so we've got the morning connection. We've got breaths throughout the day. And then the third takeaway is setting up sleep. And fortunately, I've already covered that. So I'm not going to say it again, other than to just say, find your own ritual for setting the right tone for you for your sleep periods just before you go to sleep so that you set yourself up for success as a sleeper.
1: Yes. So i I'm going to piggyback on that and amplify it to use your word. I'm going to riff mm-hmm. off of you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I once heard that we are held from the inside by a thousand angels, like a mother holds a child. When I heard that, I thought, wow. And I still think of it. And I still try to like, feel into that. So when I go to sleep at night, I call on divine love and I say, hold me all night long like a mother holds a child while I sleep deeply, restoratively, waking up rejuvenated and, and, you know, and protected all night long because we, you know, we tend to. We tend to be in our higher self when we're sleeping, right? So, um, anyway, that's just another way you could you could consider it too. Uh, is is in is along those lines? I mean, there's just something so nurturing about feeling like you're being held, like a mother holds a child. I mean, who among us doesn't want to feel that luscious feeling of being held that way?
0: Right, and if you're looking for answers you haven't found access to through your connection with the one thing during the day, then. Ask for that information to be downloaded to you through your dreams or while you sleep, even if it's not about you waking up in the middle of the night, even if it's that you're asking to wake up in the morning with the clarity. clarity.
1: Yes, yes. Beautiful.
0: Super. So those are the three takeaways we wanted to offer to you. Develop your own morning connection ritual and practice it without fail. Breaths throughout the day, develop your own way of bringing yourself back into connection with the one thing and recognizing your disconnection sooner and sooner and setting up sleep, setting up uh, uh, the best way for you to utilize your sleep periods. Those are the three takeaways beautiful yeah
1: so thank you so much for being with us next time we're together drum roll please we're going to talk about the one thing (laughs) and money like doesn't that everybody wants to have a conversation about money from a perspective that's maybe a little different than we've learned so um, we'll share some juicy tidbits on that and so until next time remember to dance with your better half the one thing